The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another science episode of Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, sponsored by the Click Nation. <laughs> I'm your host, Tim D O Double G. And that man behind the sound effects is at Agent underscore seventy on Twitter. What's up, everybody? We also have at Roddy Cat on Twitter with us. Happy Women's History Month, everybody, and hi. <laughs> and we also have at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Yay! The Legion of Regrettable Supervillains, now available. In stores now. And Amazon. There, too. Go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book Reviews. On the homepage, you'll see links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google+. Just all over the internet. Just look anywhere on the internet. We're there. Exactly. Exactly. And you can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, YouTube, and TuneIn Radio. Just look for D-Click Nation Comic Book Chronicles. And And speaking of... Yeah, Roddy has this all over the internet. That ain't me, but... <laughs> <laughs> he finds them somehow. <laughs> and speaking of podcasts, we are part of the CSPN. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. And while you're there, buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Merch! Merch. We record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time-ish. <laughs> yeah. so watching live. What, what time is it now? Ish. Ish. And if you're talking about comic books on social media, use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles or CBCron to join in on the conversation. We look forward to hearing from you. And in our pre-show meeting beforehand, normally we would discuss what comic book we were going to start with this week, but we forgot to have that discussion. We had some technical (laughs) difficulties. So I'm going to just decide on a book. And that's going to be the Clone Conspiracy Omega number one. Oh, you know what? That is actually awesome that you did that because at the ready, I had already pulled up the Clone Conspiracy Omega number one for us to talk about because I figured that See, would be the first one. We're in sync. Sympatico. Yeah, we are sympatico. We're in sync even when we're not in sync. That's right. Of course, I didn't read it, so. Oh. Don't talk about it without me, but. Well, I read it. We'll get back to you later. Yeah, we've got some teamwork going. So this picked up with the aftermath of the Spider-Man event, uh, the five-issue event, issue event, I believe it was, along with the last week's Amazing Spider-Man 24, it picked up a lot of the loose ends and sort of explained where, where different characters are going to be going forward in different Spider-Man-related titles. You saw, As you see on the cover there, as I'll bring that up if you're watching the video uh, stream, you see Rhino attacking Spider-Man. That happens for a couple of panels in the book, but it's mostly uh, the Rhino mourning the loss of his 
his wife, who was a clone who has disintegrated into dust, along with many other clones. And I should add that this story was, uh, I think, was it three different stories combined into one? Yes. Three short stories? Yes. It basically follows the path of three characters that play prominent roles in, uh, uh, you know, in the clone conspiracy. The first one uh, basically, you know, really wraps up where, uh, you know, most of the uh, the Team Spider-Man, you know, finishes up. No, that's you know it, it does follow where uh, you know w- w- with uh, Rhino's story it does kind of wrap up. You know, it's almost like another half of what Amazing Spider-Man really could have been, and what maybe like the last issue of uh, the Clone Conspiracy uh, limited series proper uh, should have been. You know, how it all could have wrapped up in like a supersized issue, but I guess uh, this Omega issue really does serve to be a, a true bookend. And then the, the next story, or at least one, the, actually what's the next story uh, followed up with. The villain of the event, aka Ben Riley. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't know if I want to do a spoiler alert because we've already spoken at length about how this particular character, Ben Riley, is going to be uh, moving forward in the next, you know, in the next wave of uh, Marvel launches. Yes, and so I guess he's going to be in. Re- if for those wrestling fans out there, he'll be playing a tweener, sort of shades of gray, good guy, but yet kind of twisted sense of right and wrong. Right, not quite a heel, not quite a face. There you go. See, and I got they, that wrestling. I got that wrestling stuff up of my, you know, in my back pocket. Shout out to the Wrestlecast on uh, the CSPN. There you go, the Wrestlecast. That's right. And the final story takes us back to Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, and shit at who the creative teams are on these three stories. So the first story that sort of concluded the clone conspiracy proper was Dan Slott with Corey Smith on art. The Ben Riley story is from the Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider creative team, which will be launching either this month or next month, whenever, is Peter David and Mark Bagley. Right. Bagley. And right. this final story is, brings us back to the regular Amazing Spider-Man series and the new creative team of current writer Dan Slott and the incoming artist Stuart Immonen. Yes. Which yes. was cool to watch. Spider-Man, take a... Uh, uh, the Kingpin owes Spider-Man a, a debt, and he's taken it upon himself to let Spider-Man know when he's planned on repaying that debt instead of having Spider-Man going to him saying, you know, you owe me. Right. And the information he provides Spider-Man leads into Amazing Spider-Man number 25 and the Direct- new story arc. Right, directly into the next uh, issue and the next story arc. And obviously, if you're into uh, solicitations, you, kn- you know what's on the cover. And if you turn to the last page of the book, you know who's on the cover. Um, you know, we're not necessarily going to spoil this right now. But yeah, it was pretty interesting to see how quickly, you know, it's literally just a, a, it's just a, a beat uh, uh, that, uh, that passes between the Kingpin offering this information and Spider-Man accepting. Yes. So... That's it. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good wrap up. I, you know, I dislike that it's you know that we have to read so many books to kind of wrap up uh, an event like this, which isn't quite you know it's not exactly uh, line wide, but uh, it does you know it does encompass a lot of um, books because the Spider Corner of the Marvel U is actually you know, it's expanded quite a bit over the last few years. So you know, aside from maybe. You know, you could sort of count uh, Spider-Woman in this. You know, she's been off on her own. You know, she's outside of uh, the Spider-Man corner. You know, she's sort of with Silk and uh, Spider-Gwen. But in terms of uh, Spider-Man, um, you know, this basically covers most of those books. I guess this and, and, and the Miles Spidey book, you know, were kind of left out of uh, Clone Conspiracy for the most part. Yep. 
So, but yeah, but yeah, you know, it it, it is uh, you know, it's it's an okay ending. You know, I I, I understand that there's some uh, a criticism of of slots plotting and storytelling when it comes to these big events because he seems to start off very strong. He's got great setups to a lot of these events, but then when it comes to the ex, you know, the uh, the final execution and the and the big finish, it it doesn't quite land. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I just choked on that. Uh, that was slot, like reaching out with this voodoo doll, right? Um, you got to choke on those words, kid. Exactly. Slot is like five foot two, but anyway. Um, so he's like Yoda. Oh no! Let me not. Uh, let's not get into uh, sizeism or or, uh, or or heightism here. But uh, you know, in any event, uh, you know, I understand that there are you know there are detractors of uh, of the this latest uh, Spider Man. Uh, uh, event, but I, I I liked it. I thought it was good, and uh, uh, you know, it it really did only serve to to relaunch uh, Ben Riley and Scarlet Spiders out into the mainstream again. You know, I'm kind of excited to see uh, us get back to uh, uh, a real, you know, kind of uh, return to uh, classic Spider-Man stories with the return of the uh, upcoming villain in the next arc. And I'm going to steal away for some water just a second. I'm looking forward to the Stuart Immonen art. Because he's one of my favorites, coming off of the uh, thing was X-Men? that Icon series with Mark Millar. Um, oh, is that what he did after the X Men stuff or Avengers so stuff? After X Men, he did Star Wars, and then oh, that's right. Uh, crap, I can't think of the name of the series now. It's going to blank. It was that good. It was uh, Empress. Ah, Empress. That's right. All right. Uh, anyone want to toss a book out next? Wow. Yeah, let's not all jump all over. <laughs> I mean, I can pick another one. Here, I got one. Um. Avengers number five, right. which I'm starting off with uh, my potential click of the week here, actually. No kidding. Yeah. This book ended up being fun after you get past the first couple of pages. Oh, no. And I'm not saying the first couple of pages, but it's just that it just it just pretty much goes how, you know, the, the issues have been going previously. What were you about to say, Tim? Or are you going to say? I was oh. surprised that you're uh, criticizing the first couple yeah. of pages. Well, I mean, because like I said... Like if you've checked it out, you you'll know why I'm saying that because it just pretty much goes stands up until it gets to uh, what goes on, which which is basically a vision from the future comes to the present to kind of back up a vision on a play or, or to help uh, Captain America's plan go into fact uh, go into action, uh, and they kind of run down the plan and this timey stuff, of course, and then they start putting the plan in action. And once they start putting the plan in action, which involves Three sets of um, Avengers teams from different eras, which which almost reminds me of, I believe, a similar plan that happened in Age of Ultron. I, I feel like, like I know a similar plan has happened to this before, regardless. But once the plan starts get going to order, then the three, the, the three teams break off and, and do it at one. That's where the fun starts coming in because you see a lot of banter that that's um, kind of fun and whatnot. But as, as tends, things tend to go, the plan doesn't go uh, fully the way. You, it it um you would think it does leading to um one king classic pose let's say at the end of the book because uh, it it seems that uh things are going his way as opposed to the way the teams were going but yeah like I said there was there was a few fun things in the, in this book uh, or in this issue once the once the plan started and right so like most like yeah I was about to say so, so like most uh, action movie or action comic uh stories one of the uh, the tenets of the plan is to split up 
and mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time also reinforce their numbers. So this particular group of Avengers, uh, you know, they use a, a pretty common uh, time travel trope um, to uh, to increase their numbers. Uh, uh, basically, spoiler alert. Um, mining their rosters, you know, from the past and yeah. pulling together certain teams. Um, I, you know, like what you were teasing at, and obviously what we're not going to completely spoil is that, you know, there's a certain, uh, you know, Easter eggs and in jokes, uh, that, that occur as a, as a result of, uh, the, uh, the past and current versions of certain characters interacting. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, also, um, the creation of uh, of Sam Wilson, uh, Captain America's very first time paradox. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was pretty cool. It was just like, "This your very first one," and he's like, "Oh, this never happened when I was Falcon." <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, you know what's funny is that I wanted to note one thing on this because the, you know this this issue does leave it you know uh, does end with um, Kang in a very villainous uh, semi triumphant pose. So you know we're, we we've got it to be continued here. Um, one thing I wanted to note is that uh, some books choose to to very specifically depict Sam Wilson uh, in his Captain America uniform sans wings. You know, like they very rarely show up. They very rarely appear. And and I always, I always think to myself, that's really what makes his costume special because he doesn't need air support. He's his own air support. Uh, you know, he doesn't need someone to carry him into battle. He's the one that's usually tasked with carrying people into battle. So mm-hmm. I just think that it's, 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 it's interesting to see. I mean, most of the time, if he's on the ground, you know, he's walking and, and whatnot, um, uh, you know, you won't see the wings unfurled, but, um, you know, I noticed that in this and in a couple of other books this week that you don't really see him with his wings extended. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's really a, a disservice to the character. And actually you bring up something else that I, that I wanted to uh, mention, even though I know this is kind of indicative of the character at the time, but, right. um, so we get a version of the, uh, the original Avengers, uh, in this mix and specifically giant man, who has to get carried into battle because he didn't shrink. I'm sitting here like, you know, they didn't need two stretch Thors to, to take him into, you know, to take him up to the thing. If he had just shrunk. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. It's one of those things, you know? Yeah. But outside of that, like I said, it was, um, it, it was a fun read. Once it got to that point or once it, once it got it to the plan, I enjoyed it. Cool. Yep. Yes, we got All right. It. See, you read Batman mean, number 18. I was just about to mention it. Nice. Wow. Well, you know, we got to we got to jump to the DC a little bit, you know. Uh, where's that? There it is. I thought this probably had some of the best art that uh, Finch has done on the series so far. It was pretty brutal. Yes, yeah. I was about to say this is his version of Nightfall. He he writes a pretty he draws a pretty good jacked up, pissed off Bane. <laughs> <laughs> I so well, okay, so I had not read seventeen. I had actually kind of fallen behind. Uh, so I read 17, 18 back to back. And it really became so apparent how this is written for the trade. Um, it is drawn out so much issue by issue. And when you sit down and read a couple issues in a row, it flows so much better. Right. Um, and that's my main criticism of it. I, in general, I like the story. Um, I, I like the Bane coming to Gotham to attack, to get back for a psycho pirate. Uh, Alfred sneaking uh, Gotham girl in to see the psycho pirate to get her courage back. Um, you know, that kind of stuff that's going on. Um, the psycho parallels, pirate, AKA the wizard, but go on. Um, the, uh, the parallels 
um, that were shown between Bane and Bruce Wayne and his children and how they went through similar yet completely different circumstances uh, to get, you know, to where they're, you know, where they have become. Um, like all of that is good, but it just feels like it takes so long to, to get somewhere in the story. Um, reading 17 and 18 back to back, it's like those two felt like they could have been one issue. Um, he's still, because it's biweekly. I, I mean, I'm guessing that's the only thing I can guess is because it's biweekly. Uh, he feels like he doesn't have to get to the finer points of the story as quickly um, and let things, you know, stretch out and breathe a little more. But at the other, at the same time, it's just kind of annoying where it's like, you know, you're, you're getting through the story and there's some neat stuff here, but it's just like, let's cut out this filler. You know, we, we don't need season three of lost here. Let's just mm-hmm. get to the, the storyline and, you know, make it good. So, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I'm still just kind of like, ah, uh, I wish you just snap to it and tell some good stories. You know, it has, he being King seems to be taking a different, I guess, route as far as how he's developing these stories. Um, one note I wrote down was how he's definitely displaying Batman as a tactician, uh, going back to the I Am Suicide arc and how he set the whole plan up of uh, Catwoman turning on him, but she didn't really turn on him and how they all infiltrated his his team of Suicide Squad members, infiltrated Santa Prisca, the captured the Psycho Pirate, and now the plan he laid for Bane, I guess, with Catwoman taking his men hostage or getting herself captured so she could take out his men and then luring Bane to Arkham. It was Arkham, I think, at the end, right? Yes. The building, okay. Luring him to, to Gotham or to Arkham is just... So that's cool to see that. But yeah, it's, the story is definitely different. It's not It's not as... At, yeah, I guess I guess it depends on your opinion how action-adventure-y Batman can be. Mm-hmm. It looks like that's more in the all-star Batman... Uh, series right now compared to what King's doing here. But again, uh, David Finch's art I thought was real nice here. There's, there's parts that confuses me. Like I, Again, I said this last time we reviewed number 17, I could have swore Catwoman was shy in the back, and yet she was fine here. And then that goes back to the Robins and former Robins being like hung in the Batcave, and mm-hmm. then somehow they're, next issue they're in the Fortress of Solitude. I, I was about fine. to say, well, they weren't exactly, I was about to say, I don't think they were exactly all fine, though. I don't think, um, I don't think that was them hanging in the Batcave. I think if you go back and look, I think they were, I, I took that to, that they were just like random hobos People. that he had murdered and dressed up and was hanging no, in the Batcave. I took it to be them simply because the very next issue starts off immediately with them in like these healing, you know, back to tanks. Well, in, yeah, I guess Fortress of Solitude. Were they in back to, were they in? Well, well I mean, that's my, that's, that's what I'm, you know. That's well, I mean, my, I'm uh, not even, I'm just saying, was it actually, were they actually in something similar to that in that issue? I don't remember how they yeah, looked. some kind of like healing pod. I call them back they, to they tanks. They were in the obviously. Fortress of Solitude. He had Superman yeah. taking care of him. Yeah. I guess. So obviously, so again, so does Bane know who Batman is? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Was that the whole thing in the Nightfall? He knew who he was. Uh, yeah, because so. he broke he broke his man in the Batcave, right? I think so. Yeah, it's been a long time since I read that, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was Batman number eighteen. Uh, um, let's see, Superman number eighteen. Okay, now you guys. This was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so this this kicked off the. Superman Reborn saga, where we, I guess we finally start to get some answers of wh- who the hell this new Clark Kent is in the DC universe. And, and Mr. Oz, apparently we're going to find out who he is. And one of his uh, prisoners has escaped. Yeah, so uh, it's it's kind of frustrating because, you know, they're, they're, 
marketing this as this is the series that's going to start explaining stuff. But of course, it's the first issue of it. So there's really nothing explained. You know, there's nothing really laid out in this one because it's the story is building to it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I want to get there. You know, it's like, like, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I want to know. I want to know. So, like, I'm excited to read it. But at the same time, because it's only the first chapter, it's like, uh, you know, frustrating. Like, come on. Um, I, I thought it was good not to take away from, you know, what was there. But it's just the the idea that they're kicking off this big storyline. And here's this first chapter. And there's no real clue. There's no little nugget that's thrown in there. It's just you see a lot more of Mr. Oz. Um, so you get a better idea, I guess, of... Who, he's not just a guy hiding in the shadows anymore. You know, we're seeing a little more of his setup and how he's interacting and what's going on in his little citadel and, you know, that type of stuff. But at the same time, it's like, ah, I want those answers. Like, hurry up, get to them. So I, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a, you know, it's a good start uh, for the storyline, but I'm so anxious to get the next chapter. Like it, it did its job as far as I'm sitting here waiting for the next chapter to come. Like I want it. I want it already. Instead of yeah, I had the same feeling. Ahead. I was like, maybe this will be one of those, since it was it four parts and two issues of each book, I think. Yeah. So maybe yeah. like next week, maybe Action Comics comes out and then the following week, because they both double ship, right? Yeah, they're both double shipping. So maybe, I guess by the time March ends, they'll be over. Um, it's probably, I guess, the, the way it's played, right? And so for people who are collecting, if you, if you collect either the A cover or the B cover, they did announce that the individual covers for all these books will link together, A and B wise. So for instance, I always buy the variant, and you can see here on the edge of the variant, right next to this blue flame, there's a little bit of something else cut off here. Um, mm -hmm. So the next issue, the next part of the story, will, if you buy the other variant, it'll link up right next to it. On this one, obviously, you see Superman's face is cut off, so I'm guessing you buy issue 19 of the regular cover, you'll get the other half of Superman's face and something else in the background there. So they've announced that, they, that each series of cover or variant will go together to make one big picture. So that's something to keep in mind if you're out there, you know, you got to stick with your covers. Pick it now. If you're buying regular, stick with regular. If you're buying variant, stick with variant so you can get your, uh, you know, giant puzzle piece together. <laughs> got to catch them all. Yeah, oh, you do. no. Okay. You know, the collector in me almost bought one of each cover. Just, you know, I, I, I really had to fight it. I really I love had it. to fight it. I love it. I'm not, I, you know, we all have that. You know, we always talk about it. Like, it's not 1994. I got to let it go. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good one. All right. What else did you read? Agent Seventy. Um, I'm going to throw a non-superhero book into the mix and kind of resurrect a, a non-superhero uh, kind of click of the week. You know, book of the week. Um, I mean, I I don't know if this is going to be my click of the week yet, though. But um, it's a book, uh, a continuation of a book I've been meaning to really catch up on. This week, uh, I'm highlighting Think Tank. Um, what is it? Animal number one? Is that the full title? Let me just scroll back yes. up to this. Think Tank Animal number one. Right. Think Tank Animal number one. And what I liked about this is that uh, the very first two pages of the book were told in story form. They were not actually, um, uh, you know, like a, uh, a what has become a traditional recap page in uh, in a lot of uh, the the big company books. What it did was it got me as a, a relatively newbie reader to the Think Tank pages. I have, I believe, the first trade or two um, that I bought on sale uh, on my bookshelf waiting to be read. I've just never cracked them open. But um, 
the first two pages of the book effectively summarize every character that you're going to need to know about and the main story behind the the, the protagonist of the book. Um, what I like about this is that it's uh, very well written. It is not for the faint of heart when it comes to uh, you know reading about uh, science and you know various uh, concepts in science. Um, you know, it, it does very uh, much read uh, with a lot of, uh, I want to say technical uh, uh, mumbo jumbo, but there's some there. Uh, essentially, the, 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 the crux of the story is that, uh, um, as the title kind of suggests, animals are being used to uh, perform uh, assassinations. And, uh, the, you know, the, the, the hero behind the book, um, scrolling here, I wish I would have taken actual notes, but this is what I get for reading these things on the subway, right? Dr. David Lauren, uh, the protagonist of the book, is, is, a, is a genius and has designed certain technology that uh, uh, the bad guys, uh, or at least the bad guys so far in this book, are misappro- have appropriated and, and are misusing to help, uh, you know, uh, change a uh, balance of power, um, you know, uh, around the world by committing uh, targeted assassinations using animals. And basically, uh, uh, Dr. Lauren is, is tasked with, uh, you know, kind of getting his, um, his uh, foot back in the door with the uh, United States government to, you know, design, uh, you know, to get to the bottom of who is stealing uh, his uh, technology to commit these acts. And, uh, you know, there's a, a few good twists at the end of the book. It's, uh, it's pretty much worth your read because if you're into anything, you know, uh, that is kind of uh, thriller based uh, with a dash of espionage and a healthy dose of science, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's pretty. It's uh, well drawn. There's a couple of nice twists at the end. I'm scrolling to uh, get to uh, the credits pages so that I can cite who the, uh, the 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 complete creative team. But at the end of the day, I enjoyed this. It's a nice change of pace from uh, you know big superhero stories. Um, it is. Uh, I'd like to know it is uh, well sourced because once you get to the end of the book. The uh, the writer Matt Hawkins, who's also I believe the editor in chief at uh, Image Comics, um, has a couple of pages that that are entitled uh, "Science Class" and leads you to, and leaves you with links to uh, uh, web pages and PDFs online that uh, give you further information about some of the concepts that he explores uh, in the book. Uh, Matt Hawkins is the writer, um, and Rasan Ekadal is the artist, and it's pretty good. I uh, definitely recommend this for anyone looking for something that is, uh, you know, a little bit off, the, no, not quite off the beaten path when it comes to superheroes because there's still pretty much high action and adventure, but uh, there's definitely a little bit of uh, science fiction and uh, and science in this. So, uh, you know, anyone looking for something different, give this a shot. Has anyone else read any of the previous volumes of Think Tank? Can't say I have. No, I have not. Give it a shot. I think uh, I think I'm I'm more willing now than ever to to go back and I mean I I obviously paid for them already so you know I have every incentive to crack open these trades but you know having read this as a, it was a nice primer and a nice introduction to the story. So you like to collect trades for books you haven't read? I bought it on a recommendation. Uh, you know while oh, while I was on sale. So you're you're not just like randomly going out there going oh I haven't read any of these I'll buy all these. No 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 I mean oh. you know like I bought it on a recommendation and I see why it was recommended to me. I just never got around to opening them. You know, but it's this is like a great. What's that? It's not about lawyers. Oh yeah, that's right. That that, that makes me not want to. If it's not, if it's about lawyers, you know, unless it's Daredevil, I, I or She Hulk, I generally don't want to open it either. So, <laughs> thanks for the setup, Dirt. Uh, You're welcome. One here. Assist. 
exactly. But yeah, no, it's um, you know, but like I said, the concept, uh, you know, is it, pretty fun, and uh, and the execution is well done. Uh, you know, when you have a trade, you know, sometimes even the heft of the trade sometimes scares you off from reading it. Like I haven't even cracked open letter forty four, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. do I really want to? Do I have time to sit down and start reading this? You know. So sometimes that even uh, scares you off from uh, starting something new. But this was just like the, the perfect jumping on point. And I give him a lot of credit with those first two pages. I was up to speed like that. Good deal. All right. What okay. else did you guys read? How was America number one? America number one was all right, actually. Um, I wasn't oh, quite I was sure. Before we start. Uh, this is one of the two books this week that had a hip hop cover. And I yeah. finally recognized one for a change. And it's, it's not exactly a classic cover, but it's a recent well-known cover. It's an homage to the cover of the Hamilton uh, cast soundtrack. Mm. You know, kind of an homage to the hip hop mixtape, you know, to the uh, to the Hamilton mixtape too. But because yeah. uh, obviously they're they're based on the same thing. But you know, this is the uh, hip hop cover for uh, America Number One this week. Yeah, there's a couple of them coming on. Unfortunately, I didn't get any of my hard copies because my shop didn't get them because of and whatever happened. Ordering sucks. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, uh, like I said, wasn't sure what to expect going into this one. Like, we don't know, unless you've read, like, you know, uh, Young Allies and Young Avengers and, and, you know, Ultimates, you really don't know too much about, uh, America Chavez, which I will say, if you are curious uh, about it, this is probably a good point to get into, um, to find out about it because they kind of go into the finer points of her relatively quickly in the first couple of pages um you know for 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 those who don't know about them but um we start off with uh, her and the other ladies of the ultimates on a mission somewhere near to uh, utopia parallel which is where she's from right and uh, i discovered that they call uh, monica rambo mon like they used to call right. monica in friends so anyway yeah they do it on, on this you one. Know? Like, yeah and at first i was like who in the world are talking oh wait okay that kind of thing um, but yeah, they wrap that up pretty nicely and neatly. But in during the course of the the, the battle, um, America kind of gets starts thinking about her moms, both of her moms, who both who yeah, which isn't slang. Themselves. We actually mean plural, right? Exactly. <laughs> who who uh, sacrificed themselves for the um, for the for the for the utopia parallel? Uh, but like I said, you get into all that um, early on. Like I said, they wrap it up. Uh, America has a date with a girlfriend, but that doesn't go all that well because after what seemed to be a nice night, uh, her whatever plans that they both had, uh, the girlfriend wasn't wasn't handled with having it, and uh, which leaves America to kind of walk out. More more importantly, kick her way out because you know she makes portals and that she can <laughs> kick out with her feet. So we also find out about her plan to go to college, which you we now see her going into. But it's not a regular college. It's not a college on Earth. It seems to be either um, intergalactic college or a multidimensional college. They don't necessarily... Yes, yeah, named after a current Supreme Court justice. Exactly. Um, so we get to see her first day on that, and she comes across uh, another Young Avenger, or ex-Young Avenger prodigy, who's also there on campus, um, you know, learning. Now, I, what I did not know is that apparently he lost his... I guess his mutant powers some kind yeah. of way, which which they mentioned that I'm like I don't remember when that happened, but okay. But anyway, they meet each other and they have a little banter with each other, and um and that's really it's during a class where she's where this happens, and apparently the teacher 
well, America thinks the teacher's out to get her because she has a project coming out, which uh, David helps her with. But uh, David shows her this, shows America this project he was working on, which is basically a time machine. And America uses it to go back in the past and meets up with um, well, Captain America. Hold on. Yeah. I was about to say, I was going to ring uh, the bell. Because yeah. that's part of the cliffhanger in this. Well, yeah, she goes back into a time in history and she meets Captain America. And you can imagine what goes there and what time I'm talking about. And she pretty much changes history. And that's where the book ends up. Yeah. Good job, America Chavez. Good job. Yeah. So my only quibble, you know, I, I guess my only quibble with this, and I guess maybe it's because I'm more of a uh, old school superhero uh, comic book reader. I'm still very, very unsure of what her power set actually is and what it is that she does. You know, like the, maybe not every character has their upper limit set. You know, obviously these characters are supposed to have some room to grow. Yeah, um, let me help you out with that. Because if you can, if you see, the, if you're watching the video, this is a screen cap from... Um, uh, America, I mean, um, Avengers Academy. And this, is this the phone game, it. or is this the... Yeah, this is a mobile game. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, her, like, she's she's fast, she can she can fly, she... Yeah, I knew that. Oh, okay, yeah, all I mean, that's pretty much it, and then, you know, and she's got a portal she could do. So that's pretty much it. Now, if she has anything else of that, maybe we'll find out. Right, the, the portals I always, understood, I, I always understood were kind of her defining characteristic. Uh, well, that, and she likes to punch people in the face. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> I like to punch people in the face. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but her, but her whole thing during like uh, young adventures was like she was pretty impatient, and it was like ready, ready to fight. Yeah, I got kind you. of thing. Like, but since then, she's kind of at, at least calm to the yeah. point, and they even recognize the fact that she's she's a leader of the uh, uh, the Ultimates at this point mm-hmm. when she in the story. So right. Well, yeah, like I said, you know, not you know, uh, sort of understanding and and I guess you know, uh, trying to figure out how how that kind of power set, especially the interdimensional hopping, given you know where uh, the Marvel universe has been over the last few years, Secret Wars, cough cough, you mm-hmm. know, it's trying to figure out how this character and her power set fit into the Marvel universe. I guess is sort of what my mind is stuck on, but I like mm-hmm. that they're developing her character. So I guess, but like I said, it's a minor quibble. It really does, you know, come from you know having uh, read so many superhero comics and trying to figure out, you know, what a, a character can do without, um, the, you know, since we've had this character in the Marvel universe for so many years, I haven't read the story that describes what she does. So, right. You know, I'm just, well, I'm, like I'm sort of left out and you would think they would cover that in the first issue, you know? Right. Which actually a good thing about this though, because in her, in during the course of her day at college, there was in the class that I was talking about, mm-hmm. uh, her powers get nullified because, the teacher was like, because uh, apparently, like, let's say there's a bunch of people there and there's power people with powers there also. So that's the thing. But the lesson she was trying to teach had to deal with trying to solve things without the right. use of her powers. Right. Now, so, I wanted to transition there from, you know, oh, uh, when, when, with, uh, with regards to teaching young heroes how to use their powers and transition to Champions number six. Anyone read that this week? Okay. Anybody? Bueller? Yes. I mean, I read it. Yeah. But. Okay. So, so I'm sure you figured out by now what I mean when I say that because there's a couple of lines in there's there's a there's a scene uh, in Champions that uh, is more about team building, and basically the champions get together and choose to have a paintball fight, but utilizing their powers. And there's a scene where uh, I believe Cyclops is starting to go on about, well, you know, we have this 
you know, uh, way of learning how to deal with real life crises. We have this spot <laughs> called the danger room and the rest of the champions are like enough about the X-Men, uh, you know, and it, it kind of made me laugh because this is more about, you know, how to, you know, how they're working together and how they're utilizing their powers. And we have uh, America Chavez, you know, kind of uh, learning how to function uh, and learn without having to use her powers. I'm like, yeah, couldn't we just get all these guys a danger room? You know, that's sort of how we all sort of grew up uh, imagining these uh, young heroes uh, learning how to, you know, use their powers, right? You know, especially for people that grew up reading X-Men. Right. You know, Generation X, X X-Factor, New Mutants, you know? So it's different to see, you know, uh, how the non-X-Men characters are, are, you know, and again, like I was saying, uh, like I've been saying for the last few months, now that we actually legitimately have some of these younger um, non-X uh, legacy characters, we get to see them, you know, hone their powers outside of something as formal as a danger room setting. Hmm. Um, well, I forgot my original point because I was going to go back to the last book for a second. But um, I will if yeah, but don't worry about it. Um, go ahead, Tim. I was going to say. Uh, apparently, we you're supposed to read champions.mu before I was reading just this. about to say that. Yeah. Oh, I see. Because yes, because the bad guys that show up in this uh, in this book are from that book. Ah, since that's an MU uh, tie-in, man, I have to track down the which was last week. I mean, it was last week. So. No, it came out this week. No, it was last week. No, I think it came out last week. Yeah, uh, did it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was last week. I'm thinking about uh, there wasn't MU. This, totally this week. Yeah, it's totally awesome. Hulk. Yeah, it's totally yeah. awesome. Hulk had an MU this issue this week. So, but yeah, and that was the thing. Which they are very much the they're called the freelancers, and they're very much the the anti champions, and the way they operate. They're meanies. Yeah, pretty much, as as told by what they ended up doing during the course of this um, of this issue, and at the end of it, they, I guess, I don't know, if they had this plot already, but they apparently launched launch a um a tactic against our heroes, the uh, the champions that we will see play out next issue. Yeah, if it, it was part uh, the team building exercise, part giving you more on the freelancers, probably just yeah. in case people didn't pick up. The MU issue. issue from last week, yeah, and probably didn't. The the one the, the one part about um the vote because the, the the champions had a vote before starting the the, the paintball thing mm-hmm. about whether to use powers or not, right? And we saw the vote by seeing their hands, but it's something seems will seem off about the count because there was one hand that didn't that was like yeah, someone went through a rock, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wait, who was that? Because it didn't look like you know we did have a. a a quick cameo by a member of the Avengers mm-hmm. team. Who's related to, to one of the members? Yes. Uh, it looks like from from the art, from Ramos's art, it looks like that was Cyclops. I see, I thought that was, well, I guess so. But didn't he have like a glove on or something? Cause it looked like it might a... even just be a coloring. Uh, no, no, no. It, it It's pretty close to what the art is. It's actually oh. kind of like a half glove look. You know, like a fingertip, you know, or at least, yeah, it's definitely like a, a weird glove type. It's not a full glove. So, right. yeah, that's Cyclops. Okay. You thought there was like a mystery champion putting I up? I wasn't the... sure because I, was like, I was like, okay, the number of hands kind of so goes was, along so with it. Someone with the was like, fight the power. I, 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 saw it as, I saw it as rock, paper, scissors because I saw paper, you know, I saw. I, I guess the, the one throws it off, but I saw scissors and one rock. Well, which brought um, up the other thing because it was like, okay, because Cyclops was the one to bring up the vote, but mm-hmm. he didn't. I guess with that he technically didn't vote. Yeah. So, but anyway. <laughs> All right. Let's go. I'm gonna, have to check on, I'm gonna have to go look at that MU issue now. 
Yeah, I bought it last week. In fact, I think I have it right here, but I, I didn't even read it. I'll say my last one for Rapid Fire. All right. Unless we're in Rapid Fire now. We like to Rapid read. Fire now because we've already yeah. run through most of the books of the week. Did you have much more, Doug, or do you want to save yours for Rapid Fire also? Uh, no, anything else. In fact, I've got one real rapid I could do super quick right now. All right. That is uh, Death of Hawkman, number six. The title does not lie. Hmm. What? Yep. Really? Yep. But, of course, there's another Hawkman who emerges who temporarily gets a Green Lantern ring, and so I'm guessing more than likely he'll end up being the new Hawkman. But, uh, yeah. Sounds like I need to read this. But, yep. So, truth truth in advertising for once. But, uh, actually, that may be all I read. Because, like I said, I didn't get a chance to read a whole lot uh, with this week, so... Skimmed a bunch of stuff, and I've got a backlog of stuff to read, but that'll mm-hmm. about do it for me. Wow. Oh, right. I guess, wait, I do have one other thing. Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg number 10. Uh, this may be the last one for me for a while. Uh, hmm. The one interesting thing that's going on in Cyborg is, of course, the story with his dad and figuring out um, his doppelganger took over his dad's place and trying to figure out where his dad actually is. Uh, and they've just, they keep stringing it out. Um, which is fine if you've got good stories to fill in the space in between, but unfortunately they've come up with the Rat Lord, the guy who commands rats, and so the army of rats is attacking Cyborg, and then, you know, it's, I, I looked through it and I was like, ah, oh, this is stupid, but whatever, it's probably only an issue or two. But then we started doing the order uh, for, um, I guess it's the May books, and in the May books he's still fighting the Rat Lord, like, this is going to be an ongoing story of him fighting this guy who controls rats. So, just like, you know what? I'm going to take some time off on this book and let it regroup. And we'll come back later and see if there's something here. Yeah, the cover there says Danger in Detroit Part 1. So, And, I mean, I, true to life, I'm sure rats are a danger in Detroit. I mean, that's probably, uh, again, truth in advertising. But uh, as far as being, like, compelling goes, Cyborg being swarmed by an army of rats is just not... Not hiring your list of things to read. That's that, that's like RoboCop Four territory. Oh, oh no. no, it's not like the rats are. What if the rats were being uh, led by vermin? You know, or the DC equivalent. That would be very much uh, what you want to call it. Uh, Craven's Last Hunt. You know, I'd, I'd still rather have cyber a, rats. <laughs> I'd still rather have a paste pot Pete or Stilt Man appearance. Oh no! <laughs> so oh, everybody's dinging. Yeah, we all got a message. Sorry, that was me, and I'll <laughs> tell everyone about it in a second. <laughs> That was me. I sent out a message. I didn't want to uh, advertise it just in case someone is monitoring a, uh, an eBay auction. That's, <laughs> that, that's also watching the video. <laughs> All right. Well, who else has something quick? So wait. I mean, so guess- we are we are in rapid fire, right? Yeah. Sure. So I want to bring this up real quick because I thought about uh, uh, if we had like a stinger for rapid rapid reviews, and here it is. Is that Michael oh, Machine's guy? Yeah. No, that's from Transformers the movie. Oh, right? oh it is Michael same Machine's guy. guy. Same guy. Yeah. Same, same guy. guy. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, you were able to hear that on the audio. Hopefully, yeah, that was kind of kind of faint. Anyway, we'll work on our sound uh, on our sound effect uh, volume coming up very soon, unfortunately, and our hands are being forced. I actually have one for America too, but that might come up later in the show. Is that what you were going to mention earlier, Roddy? I was. Just, no. I'm sorry to. Uh, uh, I don't. Okay. I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> I just responded to that the no kidding <laughs> so everybody's digging. 
<laughs> All right. So anyone who's listening to the to the show, what I'm trying to do is figure out what a good uh, price for a first printing variant of Amazing Spider-Man number 583, the uh, the the celebration of the inauguration of President Barack Obama, um, what the first printing goes for. Um, I was unable to secure a copy of the first printing, and I had honed in on one on eBay, and I was just outbid. And I have about 15 minutes left. It's called multitasking. Yes. And right now the bid is at uh, 56 bucks. So be nice Ooh. and don't get your sniper on. You know? So, Ooh. you know, 56 bucks is, you know, but the thing is, there's some like buy it nows that are like in the hundreds. And I'm like, hmm, you know? So, like, that's what I was actually inquiring to see if anyone had or if, if, if Dirt Shop was selling one. Uh, Which was it? 563? 583. 583. 583, first print, the one with the. Uh, uh, that's a variant. So yeah, President Obama giving the thumbs up with the inauguration day uh, uh, right. label at the bottom. Yeah, because we've got like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, whatever. Right. Um, right. Those only go for like a few bucks each sometimes. But the first printing is the one that I'm looking for. Yeah, you might have wanted to wait till um, after the thing was over and, and mention that. But hey, you know. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I, I go bid to... on it now. Everybody watching, go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like fucking over, over 50 bucks. Yeah, seriously. You know, or if anyone feels like getting me a super, super early Christmas present, you know, um, mm-hmm. but in it, you know, but, but like I said, this is up out there right now. I'm trying to figure out if I want to up my bid and try to win this as it closes. Well, while that's going on. So wait, before, yeah, wait. You, before you do that, let me, let me, since we got Cyborg still up, because we got a question in the chat about this oh. uh, in YouTube chat uh, from zoned out media as has Cyborg fought any OP villains, um, and I'm going to say the the villain that was uh, I can't remember his name that was in the first arc from the last volume. Oh no, not even the last volume was it? Um, the last volume was the aliens from outer space that were turning people into robots. Right, and I believe there was there was um, no, then maybe it was this one. It was maybe it was the start of this run because there was a um, there was another cybernetic dude that was fighting that he was kind of having some problems with outside of so that. Into, like the big. Monster legs, yeah. yeah, thing that he fought yeah. with, yeah, yeah. And I and I can't remember his name right now because it kind of came and went. Um, outside of that, I mean, probably some people with the Justice League, but I don't you know. Yeah, I mean, that was really the only one um, because Variant, the female cyborg, was right. the other one, but that was more of like a undercover spy backstabbing right. type thing. So that was more about the intrigue than the actual power. That mm-hmm. first one was was one that came to just like punching each other out and blasting through walls and you know stuff like that. So. Right. In fact, that was in service of getting the dop- slightly in service of getting the doppelganger dead in place, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, it was part of that plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rapid fire reviews. <laughs> oh. Um, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. We may have yeah. to make uh, the machine gun uh, part of uh, our soundboard. I don't know. That I'm going to do. Works, but... Go ahead. I'm going to do Nightwing number sixteen. Cool. It starts a new again, a new arc. Uh, I think Robin uh, Nightwing must die. I think it says. Yep. And it co-stars as you see on the cover there, Damian Wayne, aka Robin, who heads to Blood Bloodhaven because people on social media are calling uh, Nightwing the heir apparent to Batman, <laughs> and he feels that's his right. And while this is going on, Nightwing's girlfriend is kidnapped. So he has to deal with that. And then there's a sort of personal thing going on between the two of them that sort of ups the ante a little bit. And uh, it's cool. So I guess there's a couple of callbacks to their time together in Batman and Robin pre-New 52. 
because obviously that I guess still happened somehow, some way. Yeah, well, I mean, they made a variant for it, so yeah, which I'm seeing for the first time. Yeah, it was cool. We actually sold out of this variant uh, very quickly. Whose art is that? I'm trying to. Eh, well, uh... well, I had the opportunity to buy that. I'm trying to tell from looking at it. I'm a Reese. Okay. Ooh. After quietly. Mm. Wait, that actually kind of looks like Quietly's art. Yeah, it's after Quietly, like inspired by or homage. Yeah, because yeah. Quietly did that original. Oh, he did original. Okay. Mm-hmm. Batman and Robin. So he's just basically. Yeah, when Nightwing was Batman. Right. He's, he's copying the style. Yep. That was homage. a fun time period. Yeah, and... it's an homage. You know, thankfully he puts in the after Quietly so that Quietly gets a shout out, you know? So the issue ends with the introduction of a new villain who I had no idea this person existed pre New 52, but apparently he goes back into has a long history with Nightwing. I'll just tease it there. I had to read an article on the website to get the full background of who this dude was. I can go ahead and spoil it if uh, Agent 70 hits the spoiler. So, enter Deathwing, who is a Nightwing copycat character person who has a history from, like, the Legion of Superheroes or some convoluted thing of from the future, a future, a future alternate version of Nightwing that was, like, retcon to not be an actual future version of him and just some other dude and so yeah i think the guy's name was deathwing yeah yep he uh also shows up wearing the previous uh new 52 costume that nightwing had on which had the red instead of the blue Hmm. so interesting things but i'm still loving the series and that's it for me oh you know what uh deathwing actually makes an appearance in one of the comics that I got in my comic box monthly. Nice. That I was talking about last week. He's uh, in this a- in this annual, the uh, yep. New Titans annual. So yep, He shows up that uh, sort of explanation of his background and history, reference some Teen Titans issues. Well, this just went from a $3 back issue to a $5 back issue. Uh, oh, I know. So no, I meant to ask you uh, from earlier, your Superman... We were talking about Superman 18 and uh, Mr. Oz and the person who escapes. We saw some other, it was, we saw Tim Drake. Did we see Doomsday in the, in his uh, cell? But there was a character I had no idea who that person was. Well, I'll have to grab it. Well, he does that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that happened in the issue of Action Comics since I kind of stopped reading that. Maybe there was another DC book out there somewhere that showed who that character was. It's in like the first like yeah. first three pages, I think. Doomsday. Oh, Atomic Skull, I think is who that is. Oh, is that who that was? I think so. It's either him or Parasite. It's hard to tell because he's got kind of a blobby he- face, but it's on fire. So, <laughs> and, uh, and that describes so many characters. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that had happened in an issue on some other book I wasn't keeping up with. Maybe. As in, I just don't know it. I'm opening up our copy also so I can go see what the person looks like and compare. <laughs> All right, who wants to run down their final issues for the week? Here, let me go ahead and get my two out of the way. Um, mask number three. So, uh, after the events of last issue, uh, we've got the team kind of licking their wounds and, and hiding out in the high seas where they come across some pirates, but they're not pirates. They're like, they end up to be like drug runners who uh, Brad... Uh, from the team has um, had some dealings with. In fact, uh, the, he helped them procure the boat that they were on, but they get attacked. Um, from this, they found out that, you know, 
they found out that Brad's had some secrets. But from this, they found out that um, Venom's running some sort of uh, well, Venom's running an auction of um, the tech, the the the, the mass tech in a secret location. They find that out and they go to infiltrate. Uh, a fight ensues. A showdown between Matt Tracker and uh, and Miles Mayhem ensues because last issue, Matt found out that he killed his dad. Um, the fight goes on for a little bit, and um, Mayhem ends up uh, holding hostage. My, um, I want to keep saying Miles. Uh, Matt's mom, who may or may not uh, survive this issue, have survived this issue, and that's where the book uh, book ends. And uh, then my last one is Unstoppable Wasp number three. Um, this kind of concludes the team up with uh, Moon Girl um, after a giant raccoon comes and attacks them after the, while they're talking. And uh, an old friend from the Red Room, what's her name, Ying, uh, Ying or something, I can't remember, um, comes to try to take Nadia back to the Red Room. But uh, that doesn't, doesn't end up happening. And then Ying just disappears apparently to come back some other time. Uh, Nadi goes off to find some other girls for her uh, group, including one that seems strikingly like uh, Janelle and Monet. Okay. By the way, she's dressed. Uh, and what about what, the hair? It's the hair that gives it away. Well, it's not, it's not just the hair. It's the hair and the dress. Cause, you know, oh, it is the, the hair. The pompadour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that and the dress. Straight up, you know, up on like, Conan O'Brien. You know, so in, in early fans of uh, Janelle and Monet would know what I'm talking about with that. Um, then after that, she meets this other, um, young Indian girl who's in the shop and she's with her friends who were pretty vapid as, as the word goes. And Nadi's trying to recruit her, but she's not trying to have it cause she's trying to hide the fact that she's a genius. And then, a villain that I don't know too much about, but maybe this may be familiar to the rest of you guys comes and shakes down the spot. And that villain's name is, if I even call her villain, pound cake, pound cakes. Okay. And she, and she was in, um, <laughs> yeah. And she was in a luchador mask and wrestling gear, just like I've already. Oh, right. I was about to say that's a hero after it's a character after a, a PCN underscore dirt's part, <laughs> right? Ooh. Like I've seen, like, like I've seen this character before, but I don't remember where, and it and obviously didn't stick well, with me. If that was good. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, she was a member of the super team known as the Grapplers. Oh, um, screaming Mimi, Titana, mm. Titania, yeah, or Titania. Yes. Okay, um, Marvel two and one number fifty four from August nineteen seventy nine. That's old school. Um, yeah, which given as a hop dollar running around, you know, giving 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 people suits and I can't imagine it's the same one. But nevertheless, that's who it is. And then that's when that issue ends. So that's it for me. All right. Uh, very quickly, as I count down my uh, my my eBay, uh, uh, the, what I'm bidding on, it's less than two <laughs> minutes left. Uh, I am winning. I do not want to talk about how much I'm spending at this point, because um, I don't want to clue someone in on what the the winning bid might be um, or raise it. Right. Moon Knight number twelve. This. Oh, I did read that. Okay, so this issue. Um, you know, is uh, yet another uh, chapter in uh, Moon Knight. Uh, you know, the character Mark Spector. Uh, you know, try. I think I've, I, I may not have read the most recent issue prior to this, but um, 
you know, this is more exploration of the various personas that Moon Knight has used over the, the, the you know, over the course of the character's history. And um, what ends up happening in this, what, what seemed very familiar to, the, to me in this is that we are basically uh, kind of uh, re-exploring uh, re- and re-examining the character's origin and the character that appears at the end of this issue in like a semi-cliffhanger ending because we've been expecting him for the longest time. Um, spoiler alert. If anyone who's familiar with the history of Moon Knight would know who this character is, but I'm going to ring the spoiler bell anyway. Is Bushmaster. So we we see this character reappear, and it seems very much like we are uh, seeing a reinvention or a retelling of Moon Knight's uh, uh, normal origin story. Um, uh, told in you know, I guess you know, with possible retcons using um, you know the. Uh, uh, the intervention of of, of all the, uh, the, the the crazy uh, twists and terms that uh, Lemire's put into this book. So I won, I won. Damn it, <laughs> mine, mine, mine. I'm guessing part of the retelling is for Marvel's uh, rubber band retconning of history. Yeah, um, the way that you know Punisher is now a, a veteran of the um, Afghan war. Exactly. Not even does it storm anymore. We've had to update right. it even beyond that. You know. So this is probably their way of, of now, you know, doing that with Moon Knight and bringing him forward in time a little bit. Right. And they're going to retell that story in a more modern window so it makes a little more sense for new readers. So Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Mind, 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 I mean, win. This, this would be the storyline to do it. Sure. So I think, I think that is a very accurate analysis uh, by PCN underscore Dirt. For once, yay. Oh, no, stop. Stop. <laughs> so the last book I'm going to do in Rapid Fire is Doctor Strange number 18. This book... Um, if you if you flip through, even if all you do is flip through in this and look at the uh, the incredibly intricate pages that Chris Bocciolo draws, um, yes, because we won't have those for long. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you start to figure, you know, and 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 it makes you wonder um, how much longer uh, the, the this misery character is going to be for the pages of this book because I can't imagine anyone else drawing it like that. Let's be honest. You know, anyone who knows, uh, you know, anyone who can flip through this, I'm going to hold up a page uh, that doesn't spoil too too much in this um, because we do know that Thor um, uh, guest stars and essentially what misery has done. And this is a mild spoiler because this is the page I'm going to hold up. Misery has basically put uh, taken over and possessed Wong. And if you look at this art, this is just some amazing intricate, you know, pencil work. And, you know, it's not even utilizing that much of the colors to, you know, provide depth to the, to the art. It's literally just what Bachelo is putting on the page. And, you know, it's it's just wonderful to see. Um, you know, the, as I said, you know, the crux of the story is that Wong has been taken over by Misery, and if you're following along with uh, Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange, Misery was actually um, a means for Doctor Strange to uh, uh, replenish himself and 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 revitalize himself once he uh, you know he he uh, had to use magic because magic. Uh, requires a price be paid by any person utilizing it, and he basically sloughed off the cost of using of of the heavy use of magic onto this one entity who basically absorbed it, and uh, you know essentially this entity is fighting back and uh, you know out for revenge. Um, what the entity did was basically try to undo some of the work that neurosurgeon Doctor Strange uh, did before he became uh, the sorcerer uh, student on his way to becoming Sorcerer Supreme, and with the help of Thor slash uh, Doctor Jane Foster, he tries to uh, you know thwart uh, Misery's plans, and now um, you know 
uh, at the end of the issue, we do have a cliffhanger, and I don't necessarily want to spoil it because Thor does her part, but uh, the story's not yet over with Misery. Is it just me, or does this cover look like it'd be the cover to a uh, Doctor Strange animated movie? Yeah, yeah, it's yes. definitely not Bocciolo. Yeah, it's de- nope. it's it's a uh, it's a uh, Patrick Brown. It's definitely a different style. If you open, if you buy the book thinking that the interior is going to be like that, you will be sadly mistaken. <laughs> What else we have? All right, last call. Must be it. That's it for me. Clicks of the week. Ooh. Avengers number five. That's one. I'm going Superman 18. Yeah, I think I was just heading there myself. Nice. Oh, man. I'm usually usually very uh, upfront with my choices. It's been a while since I've been the last one to make a choice. You know what? I actually did, in fact, have the most fun reading my non-click, my, my non-superhero click of the week, and I'm going to stick with that one, and that is Think Tank Animal Number One. When was the last time I chose a non-Marvel book or DC book? Probably I like Dave. more of it myself. Probably Dave, right? I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of surprised that nobody chose for the click of the week the Pantera uh, rock and roll biography. Uh huh. No one, no one, no one for Pantera, huh? What publisher is it from? Ah, who knows? <laughs> Come on now. That's Loud funny. metal music comics. I don't know. Before Agent 70 gives us our ad read of the week, uh, I do want to remind everyone that uh, crossed the four-year anniversary of the video portion of the Comic Book Chronicles launching. It's our four-year anniversary. Get out of here with that stuff. Do, doing this four years strong Crazy. at 200-plus episodes. You know, And we'd like to it's thank uh, all of our supporters, our fans, the Colts to the Podcast Network, the Pop Culture Network, everyone out there who has a kind word to say, who's tuned in, listened, or watched. We appreciate your uh, support, and we look forward to being with you for a lot more episodes. Damn right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And hit us with that ad read. You got it. Let's start off with the easiest one we got. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, or apparel. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Oh no! Taking it way back. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what group that is now. Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah, I was about to say. All right. Now, cinematic news of the week. Previous week and this week, we got a lot of stuff coming out. No, I'm just yeah, a lot, of, a lot of announcements. Well, I mean, it's like starting Friday through. Well, yeah, yeah. Thir- this Thursday, the CW That's our Black. Week. <laughs> yeah, our week. CW's Black Lightning sets. Chris Williams as DC's Jefferson Pierce. 
which I don't think I've heard that name since Living Single. He was on, since I actually wrote up, I think I wrote this article for this. I can't remember now. But uh, he was recently on the CW, another CW series, the Heartland, something Heartland. Does it say it in this article? Uh, Heart of Ditsy. Oh, okay. Yes, with uh, one of the chicks from the OC. And speaking of black superheroes, Static Shot TV series finally returns to DVD on March 28th. Yay! Suicide Squad won an Oscar for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. So Weird. Beat Marvel <laughs> to the punch. Yeah. By winning I don't an think Oscar. Marvel is shedding, I, was say, I don't think Marvel's shedding any tears over that. <laughs> uh, let, let Iron Fist's Colleen Wing dropkick her way into your heart in this teaser. Yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good teaser. I need to actually watch it, I think. Patrick Stewart is retiring from X-Men franchise. Hey, you remember, last week when, remember last week when he said he was probably going to be sticking around after Logan? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, there's been a slew of announcements for Fox's X-Men TV series. True Blood alum Stephen Moyer is going to be the lead. Okay. Yep, that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Teal. Is also going to co-star as a newly created mutant for the series. Who apparently was on a show that just got killed. That was on sci-fi. Yeah. He was on that uh, Matt Damon Affleck show that I don't think anybody ever watched. Nope. Yeah. Speaking of deaths and sad news, Bill Paxton dies at 61 after surgery complications. Yeah, that's sad. Just found my copy of Twister, though. He had iconic roles in Aliens, Titanic, Apollo, and many more. Yep. Twister. And most recently, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And yes. uh, he was on, on TV, uh, CBS. Was it Training Day? Was he on? Yes. Yes, he was in Training Day. I think that got canceled. Yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah, they kind of did a reverse Denzel, right? Well, he was like the, the crooked cop. Oh, okay. So Malaysian actress says she's been hired for a mystery Marvel movie. And she's pretty smoking hot. Let's, let's, not, be, yeah. let's not beat around the bush here. Well, at least she's got qualifications then. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, I'm sorry for, you know, you can send all the hate mail for chauvinist comments to at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. Yep. Send them to here to him because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and her name is Raha Ilya. Uh, she made the announcement or the claim during a press conference promoting, promoting an upcoming film, Soulmate Inga Jana. Brie Lawson yeah, says, hmm? I said, yes. Yeah, like a Pokemon. No, I said, no, smoking hot. Sorry. (laughs) Brie Larson says Captain Marvel bridges two different Marvel worlds. Sure. So she's basically bridging what the Avengers was doing with the, you know, what the Guardians were doing, I suppose, is what the crux of it is. Japanese school kids trained to be the next Avengers in Marvel's newest anime. The next Avengers in Marvel's newest anime. Yep. So there's going to be another Marvel anime. Go for it. Whenever it comes out. Marvel's future something. It's called. Uh, does it say it in here? Does not. Future Avengers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Next Avengers. Yes. Check out the brand new Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two trailer and poster. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, watched that about two, three, four times. Same here. You get your first shot of Kurt w- Russell as Ego, mm-hmm. the non-living planet. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Thank you. That was a good one. And in our slew of announcements for Marvels and Humans, they have cast Black Bolt, Medusa, and Karnak all this week. Yeah. 
Black Bolt, not Vin Diesel. Actor Anson Mount, and he's known for his role on AMC's Hell on Wheels, but also appeared on Lost, Dollhouse, and Sex in the City. Mm. Zack Snyder dropped first glimpse of Aquaman's underwater world from, I guess, the Justice League film in a mm. like, short video. And yesterday was his birthday also, so I guess happy birthday to him. Yes, Zack Snyder, that. That, that mean? Do you not want him to have a happy birthday? I mean, I mean hey, it's already good. Yes, yeah, yeah, so. you can wish him a happy birthday. <laughs> I got them introducing Raja Ghoul with Star Trek. Yes! Julian Bashir is going to be Ra's al Ghul in Gotham. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. Oh my goodness. This, 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 I did this not read about that an hour or so ago. Which is a pretty so good actor. So it's, 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 you know, I can see it. Because he was also. Cat is excited for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also been on Game of Thrones re- most recently, I believe. Or I guess he's still doing it. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Hey, any time. Yeah, exactly. Anytime a DS9 character gets some love, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I can respect that. Yeah. Hugh Detman says goodbye to Wolverine with Logan, which is in theaters tonight or yeah. now, depending on when you listen to this. I was about to say, curiously, none of us actually rushed out to go see it and and, and forced us to postpone the show this week. Eh, not curiously, I- curious. The, the Fox X-Men stuff has not necessarily been a draw for me to go to. Right. Although there on. have been very uh, positive reviews out for this, for this, uh, for this movie. Yeah. I'll be seeing it on a Saturday matinee. Have a report back next week. Nice. Terry Hatcher, Darren Chris come to National City in Star Cross synopsis for Supergirl. Which that's, I believe, part of the uh, musical episode crossover with Flash. Oh. I'm not mistaken. And the first trailer for the new DuckTales is Ducking Perfect. Ooh. I did li- I did like it. I'm uh, excited for that series. I'm to check it out. I don't know. The art style kind of kind of threw me off a second, but I it I have I warmed right. up to it. I'm like, I'm, I can dig it. Same here. Um, and that's it for that. I wanted to mention before it, gets, before it gets too long, which is going back a little bit before now, but Zoned Out Media said something about, oh, Moon Knight is so cool and said something about four more years. I don't know what in the world that's about, but I'm hoping it's not what I'm thinking about. Anyway, that's that. Because <laughs> I'm not sure what is that even in refer- reference to. And let's see. To comic book news. A speedster returns in DC's Batman Flash Watchmen crossover. That being Jay Garrick. I was about to say spoiler alert, not spoiler alert. I mean, no, I just know, tell you. Just because it was, you know, something we all expected. I mean, really? I mean, pretty much, yeah. You know? Well, I don't, I don't know if it was so much expected. Was it? I kind of well, expected it. Sorry. You figured there's going to be a speedster that comes back, yeah. and we already, and there's already like, what, three at this point? Well, yeah, I guess there's well, like three at this point. I would assume it would not be Jesse Quick making the headlines, you know? So <laughs> she is in this TV show now. True again. enough. Oh, hey, give it time. That's funny. Uh, let's see what else we got. Scroll down. What on earth is Marvel teasing with this mysterious Hulk Wolverine image? So that hasn't actually been announced yet, but there's a. Uh, was it at? So Alonzo tweeted an image. Everybody uh, uh, Cat has it up for those who watch on video, but I can explain it. Uh, uh, Hulk with Wolverine claws popping out of its rip or forearm or like not forearms, uh, fists in a bat of uh, green liquid, sort of Wolverine esque weaponette style. Mm-hmm. The writing on the uh, container says Batch H. How original. Uh, the Undead Rise in Marvel's New Zombies Assembled comic series. 
Written by Jim Zub, looks like. Yes. Creepshow graphic novel resurrected a new deluxe reprint from Plume. Koto Bukia. Someone pronounced that? Koto Bukia. Koto Bukia. Yeah. Koto Bukia shows off Gotham Oswald Cobblepot, Cobblepot Art FX Plus statue. There's a picture up. Uh... There it is there. On Toy News last three weeks. Right. Yeah, there's going to be some sprinklings. Sideshow Collectibles debuts Deathstroke Premium Format figure. And DC unveils Toy Fair 2017 Collectibles. Marvel yeah. Games to tell original stories, not held to canon. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, I, I'm not sure if it's news or it's not news, but basically a lot of the older games of like previous years have been tied to, and even some right now are still kind of tied to Stories that's been that's been going along in the comics, and this is basically saying it's like, yeah, we're just going to do side stories, you know, stuff that's yes. not canonical or it has an, has anything to do with canon. Uh, Kentucky police remove Punisher logo from cop cars after people rightfully point out he's a murderer. Yes, clearly none of them have have seen the Netflix show or read the comics, which the, that last part I can see, but I don't know what's people thinking. My guess would be it has to do with the American Sniper. Yep, Chris Kyle used to use that logo for everything, and it was probably just a solidarity with a military type of thing until somebody pointed out, hey, that's actually a thing from a thing, right. not just a thing that guy created. Yeah, because Chris Kyle is not God, and contrary to what some of these people think. Yeah, well, this article doesn't mention anything about that, but yeah. Marvel's new hip-hop variants, hom- homage, homage, Tupac, RZA, and more. So now that we've had some chatter about this, I there was a couple of them I, I do like. Like I know y'all, you guys were liking this. Um, yeah, the Tupac one, the All Eyes on Me. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. But I kind of like this Bobby Digital. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, one. it's uh, what the funniest part about that is it's Sinkevich homaging himself. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the best part about that is that Sinkevich is still obviously you know uh, you know heavy into uh, you know doing these uh, specialty type uh, pieces of work, and uh, he's uh, you know he's definitely doing work in the hip hop you know in uh you know in the hip hop and rap uh album cover industry. Mm-hmm. Cool cool deal. Yep. Old man Logan takes on future Hulk as new creative team announced. So Old Man Logan number twenty five will begin a new arc from Ed Brisson and Mike Diodato as the future version of Wolverine takes on a future version of the Hulk, aka the Maestro and the Hulk gang from the Wastelands. So this actually sounds kind of interesting. Maybe I'll actually start reading uh, Old Man Logan again, or at least try to keep up with it. You should be reading Old Man Logan. It's good. Yeah, I was. It, again, it's it's one of those so many books, it kind of fell by the wayside. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And then I love I it. This- dirt, PCN underscore Dirt is tisking us about not reading a Marvel comic, specifically, uh, <laughs> you know, I just think it's funny. I have this goal of trying to keep up with all the resurrection books uh, once that kicks off. So that'll be at, me trying to read all the X-Men and, and human books, which probably won't uh, happen, but it's Love a goal, goal for now. Right. Uh, DC's Batman Beyond comment just made a game changing twist. I guess it is. What was it? It, it is. I'll spray it on. So apparently, according to this article, because I have no idea what was going on in the book, uh, old man Bruce was taken hostage and was drugged and dressed up like the Joker, but it turns out there is an actually old old Joker floating around after uh, Terry saved him. Okay. Yeah, he's... And, and he has a crowbar. 
So it's closing moments of issue five reveal that old man Joker has been hanging around with the mid-tier baddie terminal all this time. That loser janitor guy in the background. Yeah, he's not just a janitor. He's the Joker. Alive. In the future. Even with the quote bar. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Do I need to... eh, I don't know if I want to read this or not. What's that? Uh, Batman Beyond. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Injustice 2, Shattered Alliances Part 1 trailer was released. It's pretty good. Uh, There was a Dr. Fate gameplay footage released today. No kidding. Yep. Yep. And it had me thinking, I wonder if DC's going to try to prop him up since, you know, Magix is, you know, in play now with Doctor Strange being in theaters and whatnot. I mean, is his book still out? Oh, we're going? Oh, okay. Well. It was, and then it, like, around the time of, it it ran into, uh, into, uh, Rebirth, but it was still the original series, and it Mm. finished its run. Gotcha. So, yes, Enter the Realm of Fate, in the Helm of Fate, in in Justice 2, and Punisher, Mezco... One twelve figure up for pre-order. What the heck is that? It's another another figure. Oh, okay. And just off the top of my head, stories that I wrote up today. Uh, there's gonna be a Edge of Venomverse five issue miniseries from Marvel. Oh no! Been yeah. out of the events of uh, Venom series. Sounds a lot similar to the Spider Island, where superheroes are venomized. And it's going to have uh, supposedly a cast of creators attached that'll be announced at some other point. But uh, I guess it's, it's also goes along with the uh, Venom variant cover program they we're doing for the month of March. So I think that's in June, March. Yeah, three months from now, June. So another event, people. Well, sort of event. Satellite <laughs> event. And actually, there was one I wish I had seen earlier uh, dealing with Black Lightning that you actually wrote. Oh yeah, her daughter, uh, his daughters were cast Thunder and Lightning. Uh, there it is. There, if you're watching the video, I wrote that. I did that Big Bang Theory prequel cast Sheldon story. <laughs> yes. And what else did I do today? Good job, uh, Tim. It was it was a big news day. Oh, and um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are getting a reboot. Yes. Comics so the, the movie the CG show on Nickelodeon. Huh. The, the CG Which show is in- actually pretty good. Yeah, the CG show is ending to be replaced by a 2D version, which 2D is just regular animation, right? Yeah. Right. So back to basics. So that's it for news. All right. So we get our last ad reading for the night. And uh, this episode of the Click Nation's Combo Chronicles is not brought to you by eBay or any of the auctions that I uh, am am involved in, but it's actually brought to you. is sponsored by Busta Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool T-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busta Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching T-shirts inspired by pop culture. Uh, what's on the Busta Tees page right now is surely not everybody was kung fu fighting, uh, inspired by the uh, the hit song from the seventies, and uh, Amity Shark Tours, inspired by the movies. Uh, plural jaws and much more are all on sale to help keep our podcast free order from busted tees by going to cspn.us first that's cspn.us then click on the keep our podcasts free link click on the busted tees banner and then shop for the awesome t-shirts i just mentioned and many more 
Buzz the Tees through CSPN.us. Do it today. Follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at TimDOGG98 and at CBCron. Roddy Cat is at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Needs. You betcha. And at CB Caps on Instagram. Yep. Agent 70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. And Doug is at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Go to popculturenetwork.com and go to his Instagram to see his comic book reviews at Graham Comic Reviews. Fancy graphics. Fancy graphics. Fancy graphics. And we'll be back next week, same time, same channel. We are the Comic Chronicles, and we are signing off. We are into year five.